Hi, I'm Clark Dunn, your host of the Beyond Rockets podcast. Huntsville, Alabama is primarily known for being the Rocket City because of its close association with the U.S. space missions. But Huntsville is so much more than that. Huntsville is home to many high-tech companies, entrepreneurs involved in interesting startups, talented creatives, and much, much more. My goal is to introduce you to some of these individuals that are taking Huntsville beyond the rocket. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond Rockets. In this episode, I sit down to talk with Kayla Adams, owner of Elitaire Boutique, located on Clinton Avenue in downtown Huntsville. I'm super excited for this episode, and I hope you all enjoy. First off, thank you for taking the time to sit down and talk with me. Would you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, I'm Kayla. I'm the owner of Elitaire Boutique, like you said, in downtown Huntsville, and I kind of do a little bit of everything. So, um, I mean, from running every day, operations to buying to website to social media graphic designer (laughs) I mean if we want to get down to the nitty-gritty I clean the toilets so like I literally do it all and enjoy doing it all too so I noticed on your website that you came to Huntsville uh, from Atlanta originally Uh, how long have you lived in Huntsville and what brought you to Huntsville originally yeah so I moved here in 2010 and it was a job Um, I I got a new job here and moved here and didn't know if I wanted to make that change, but, um, really enjoyed it once I got here and, um, kind of saw what Huntsville had to offer and how much it's grown just since then. But yeah. What kind of jobs you said a job brought you here to Huntsville originally. How did the jobs prior to Elitaire prepare you for what you do now here at Elitaire? Yeah. So when I lived in Atlanta, I worked for a um, fashion trade publication, which um, it was an international one called Women's Wear Daily. And about that time was when the recession hit. Print journalism was kind of dying. Um, People really didn't know what was going to happen with the economy. So they ended up downsizing. Atlanta is not a huge fashion hub. A lot of people think it is. There's tons of great stores, but they don't have like a huge fashion week that's on the map or anything like that. That's really in New York or LA or overseas. And so, um, they downsized Atlanta and we really covered Miami. There's a big, um, swim Miami, uh, show that happens every year. And so that was kind of our main thing that we covered. Um, but I did things on the side. I helped style for photo shoots and I really enjoyed that and realized that print journalism, as much as I loved it, really wasn't where I wanted to be. And you really don't make a lot of money. (laughs) It's, it's, it's really hard. Um, it's a lot of work, but it was so much fun. And I learned a lot from that job. And then when I moved here, I got a marketing and management position and actually started one of their locations from scratch and um, really just built that business from the bottom up. And that really taught me how to, it was a nonprofit as well. So I had to use limited funds. It, it was, it was a lot of hard work, um, really stressful, but it prepared me for this. And I really needed that business background because I'd always wanted to own a store um, didn't know when and where, but I knew I needed some business experience before I did that. So you said you always knew you kind of wanted to own your own store. When did the idea originally come to you for Elitaire? And did you always know it was going to be called Elitaire? Yeah. So I actually, 
you know, when you're in high school and your parents are really pushing you to like, okay, which college are you going to attend? What are you going to major in? That sort of thing. I'd always loved fashion and fashion merchandising was a great major to go into, but my parents were like, you also need something else. So I also, I double majored in business and did a, like a marketing, um, what would you call it? A focus on marketing. And, um, that really prepared me for both. I think you really needed both because fashion merchandising, we we went to markets and we followed reps around and they showed us what they did and the buying part of it. And then the business part really showed you how to market your own business and finances and that sort of thing. So, so yeah, I think it's been since high school. Um, I, I've had the name since college. Oh, wow. Just been sitting on it and didn't tell anybody um, just sat on it and brainstormed of like what it would be and how I would do it. And yeah, that's kind of how it came to be. What interests you the most about being your own boss? So this is kind of an interesting question. Cause I always tell people that I actually work for everyone else. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm my own boss. Um, yeah, I get up every day and do my own thing, but I'm working for the community. I'm working for my customer because if I don't have, that customer, then I don't have my store. So I want to provide them. I'm working for them. I'm working to see what I can find better for them. Um, if they have an idea or if there's a brand that they love, that's not here in Huntsville and they tell me about it, I'm going to look into it. I'm going to make sure that I can, if I can't get it, I'm going to find out where they can get it, or I'm going to do my best to get it. I've always like put forth 110% to anything I've ever done. And I think that you have to do that when you're your own boss because I have to hold myself accountable every day because there's no one else doing it. So, yeah. Once the wheels started moving and you started figuring out more about Elitaire and what you were going to do, and once you came to Huntsville, did the vision for Elitaire kind of come about also and what you could see it being in Huntsville once you saw the location you're at now? And how did that location affect the way Elitaire is able to merchandise its product and showcase it to the community? Yeah. So I think we got really lucky on our location. I was actually inquiring about another location with my landlord and this Clinton row was not advertised yet. And when I kind of described to them what I wanted and what I was looking for, they were like, we actually have a, another project you might be interested in. So I wanted it to be really urban. I wanted you to be able to pick this store up and put it anywhere. Um, I didn't want it to be like anything else you had ever seen in Huntsville. Um, because Huntsville is a small town, but it is also growing. And so I wanted that big city feel without the big city price tag, but also offering something different. And so um, when they told me about this and how I had the option of a mezzanine and having like a second floor and just being right in the center of downtown, one, one block away from the square, we knew it was the best fit. So... I know a big part of being your own boss is that you often have to make tough decisions. How do you approach these decisions to make sure that you ensure the best possible outcome in the end? Oh gosh, that is something I still learn every day because new things pop up every day. Um, I think what we have learned, my husband and I have learned so far is really sitting on, before we make a decision, we sleep on it. We really think it through. Sometimes in the heat of the moment, a lot of emotion can go, emotion can go into making a decision. And so we, we try to sit back 
kind of take a deep breath and assess it for what it actually is and then make strategic moves to help either remove that situation or to better it or however we can do it. We, we just want to do it in the best way because you can't take it back. So, so we want to really sit and think on those decisions. What is something that you wish you knew now to help start Elitair when you first began this journey? That is a great question. Um, I would have definitely, I wish someone would have told me that it would be kind of a lonely experience. We, you know, when you go into anything or when you work hard for something, you want your friends to be right there with you. And the ones that we thought would show up didn't. And the ones that we didn't really think would show up did. And just picking those really good, solid friendships um, and business friendships as well um, to really, you know, watch your back. I mean, I hate to say it that way, but to very much, you know, look out for, for your business. And that has been one of the hardest challenges I think since opening. And, you know, a lot of our friends, you know, we have so many great friends, but it's also hard to talk to people who aren't other entrepreneurs because they don't quite get it. Um, so it's so nice to have, we have, I have quite a few girlfriend entrepreneurs that I will confide in or have lunch with and, you know, because we're kind of going through the same thing. And that has really helped me a lot. I know something you mentioned earlier about a big part of what you do is go to market. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, what that process is like? Because most people won't be able to really see that if they don't own their own business or have um, the same sort of uh, company like you do. Yes, I market is my favorite thing. Um, love going to market. It's so much fun. But I've had this question asked quite a quite a bit. And I remember the first time anyone ever asked me it, they were like, so do you just go to this warehouse and you just buy these clothes and you bring them back and then you sell them? <laughs> and I was like, no, it's nothing like that. So I actually attend the Atlanta apparel market. Um, it's my favorite one. I've been to some others, but it's my favorite first choice. It's very organized. It's 15 floors. Um, it's, I mean, you've got floors of shoes, floors of jewelry, there's a floor for bridal. There's a floor for everything. And, um, I go five times a year and just take a couple of days out every time they come or every time it's open. And, um, I, when I first opened, I narrowed it down from all the brands that are listed. So literally A to Z went through all of these, researched them. Okay. This isn't the price point I want this is way too high. I can't do this. This isn't for us, that sort of thing. And narrowed them down to a couple of hundred. <laughs> and then the first time I went to market, I actually went with a friend who owns a store, um, in my hometown. And, uh, she was like, yeah, you can come with me and I'll do my thing. And you can go look at these brands. And I remember looking at hundreds of brands and narrowed them down. And then when it was my turn to come and buy, I went to, I had, you know, marked a few off and marked a lot off actually, and had like a, a good 20 to choose from and went from there. And so it was a lot of research. It's a lot of work and developing those relationships with those brand reps have been, it's been a lot of fun. Um, but I order about six to nine months in advance. So like for right now, I've already ordered through spring of next year. And next time I go, I'll order in summer. And 
that has really helped. I, I love doing that because at Women's Wear Daily, we were about a year ahead. So we were actually forecasters, kind of like a weatherman is a forecaster for the weather. We were forecasters for trends and colors and, you know, how the economy's doing and how that affects a hemline of a dress, believe it or not. And so if the, you know, economy's really good, hemline gets shorter. If the economy is really bad, <laughs> the hemline gets longer and it's kind of like a science to it. And so, um, you know, just researching that and I'm always reading, researching, reading women's wear to this day, you know? Um, and I really enjoy that and sifting through all of those pieces and seeing what would be good for the customer. So you said a big part also of coming to Huntsville was kind of offering something to Huntsville that Huntsville didn't have before, something that you thought Huntsville needed. And with its growing economy and its growing community, it really has benefited well for the community. Um, how long has Elatar been here and been operating in Huntsville? So we will be open three years, October 22nd. And Elatar means elite in French and not elite in that you can't have it, but elite in that everything in here is new to Huntsville. When I moved here, I had a really hard time just shopping. I was in a corporate company, but I also wanted to shop for my age and I wanted quality so I could wear these things for a really long time and not waste my money on things that wouldn't last. And I didn't want to look like anyone else either. And so a lot of the brands that I had just seen and at market, you know, when we covered it, when I was in Atlanta and some other places I had seen a lot of brands, I knew would work here because Huntsville's a really smart city and they're also really smart with their money. So you, you know, my customer will invest in a blouse or in a dress that they know that they're going to get their, what we like to call cost per wear. If you get it and you know, okay, I can wear this. Here's all the different ways I can wear it and all the different places I can wear it then they're going to invest a little bit more of their dollar into the piece. And so that's really what I try to do when I buy as well is, okay, how many ways can she wear it? How many ways, how many places can she take it to? Can she travel with it? You know, is it good for her on the weekends? Is this also good at work? You know, that sort of thing. And so um, really finding that niche, I think, has what, is what sets us apart a little bit. And just, I don't want to take business away from any of the other awesome boutiques that are here in town. I want our customers to be able to shop. That's what retail synergy is. You want them to come to a place, shop here, but also go to another place and find something completely different. So it doesn't benefit anyone. It doesn't do any good for anyone to have the same brand. I don't want you walking into a store and seeing the exact same thing because that does not give my customer options and that's what we want and we want them to keep shopping local. So that's kind of how all of that came about. So you said a lot of your experiences from your past jobs and what you studied in school helped prepare you for what you do now. But a lot of times entrepreneurs have mentors or um, books that they read that kind of help guide them as well. Do you have any mentors or people that you leaned upon specifically to help in this process of uncharted territory you did not know when you first started? Honestly, I really didn't. Um, I mean, I had a lot of support, you know, family support, friend support. Um, I had a, a friend from college who had her own business that I, you know, really asked her, okay, hey, you know, what were the pros and cons of, you know, this 
point of sale system or, you know, that sort of thing that I had no clue of, but I really, really pretty much did the legwork of pretty much everything. But that being said, throughout the process and when we were planning it, I started to meet other women entrepreneurs that have really helped me. Um, specifically one of my friends, um, her name's Gina. She owns Sweet Pineapple and, um, off airport road. And she has been wonderful. We, we have a great friendship and, um, she has been somewhat of a mentor to me of, of just help guiding me, especially before I opened. She was actually where I did my first pop-up shop too. Um, so meeting other women entrepreneurs that can help you has always helped. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's just been me and my husband (laughs) doing it all. (laughs) What advice would you give to someone who's looking at starting their own business and that might not even know where to take the first step? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is if you aren't willing to put a thousand percent into it and you think, okay, I can open this business and just have someone else run it. No one is ever going to run your business the way you're going to run it. Um, you can hire the best person possible, but it, they're not as invested. So that's probably the first thing I would, I would say to them is if you don't want to be there every day, then you might need to rethink starting your own business because I'm here six, sometimes seven days a week. Um, occasionally I'll work from home on like a slower day to get a lot of the computer work and stuff that I just need to really get out and get organized. But for the most part, I'm here way before we open and I'm here way after we close. So a lot of times being your own boss and how owning your own company, your life, like you said, kind of revolves around the store. What kind of things do you do that kind of takes your mind off of it that you also have a passion about? Um, that not necessarily makes you forget about the store, but allows you to get your mind on something different. Yeah. So one thing that has, it's still a struggle. And I feel like this is a struggle for everyone is your phone, social media. I'm on it all the time. People are messaging us and commenting all the time. And that algorithm, you've got to answer them back and you've got to click on that message really quick. And it's frustrating because they're making you stay on the app all the time. And so I really try to put my phone up. That being said, I'm not very good at it. Um, I think at the beginning of the week, I'm really bad at it. But towards the end of the week, I've gotten all of the stuff done that I need to get done. So I'm not as worried. So really just turning it on silent and de-stressing. And I mean, I'm in all kinds of activities. I love to paint. I love to sing. I love to do all kinds of things. So that has always just anything creative has always helped me take my mind off of work and just finding that balance or, you know, just taking a day or an hour, an hour to go have lunch with a friend or an hour to, you know, what I'm going to go get my nails done because I can, and I need to rest and relax and kind of, you know, put my brain on pause or I'll listen to a podcast, like a really motivational podcast or music that really helps me escape exercising. That is a huge de-stressor. Last funny story last June from about a year and a half ago. Um, I told my husband, I was like, I really want a punching bag. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was like, it's cheaper than a gym membership. Let's just buy a punching bag. And so now we have like a little workout area and my punching bag's in it. <laughs> and whenever I need to just let it out, that's what I do. <laughs> but it's also a really great workout. And I mean, you can do it for five or 10 minutes and you're sweating and it's the best. Um, so yeah, just spending time with family. I mean, anything that you can do to kind of get your mind away. Cause the more I'm on the phone, the more stressed out I get, or the more I'm like, okay, I can do this now, or I can get this done. But at the end of the day, that's not what's most important. So how much of your success thus far would you contribute to being in the right place at the right time? And how much would you contribute to your hard work? That is a good question. I really think and believe that God puts you in the right place at the right time, but I also think he honors hard work. So it's kind of a twofold kind of situation, I feel. So the harder you work, the more opportunities you might have. That being said, I also think, like we just talked about, there's a time for rest. Um, but, you know, just networking and doing all of those things and knowing at the end of the day that you've done your best, I think that puts you in the right place, in the right situation at the right time. So how can people connect with you and support you and what you're doing in the community? So the best way is to come in, um, shop local and not just for me, but for everyone else. But even on social media, people don't know how much it means when you like, or you put a comment or you watch our stories or you share a post, you share something you like with a friend, you share it on your stories and just word of mouth and telling people that's the best support. You don't have to spend a dollar to support someone. You can share it and tell other people. And that's the best to me. That's like the best thing. Reviewing, leaving a five-star review <laughs> on anything is great. Give that five-star. Um, Otherwise, don't don't give it. <laughs> um, but but yeah, just just sharing it with other people. Word of mouth is the best. There's no amount of advertising I can do that will be better than word of mouth for sure. Thank you again for being on the podcast. I enjoyed learning more about Elater Boutique and the journey it took to get where you are today. And I continue to be excited for what Elater will do in the community in the years to come. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of Beyond Rockets. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well as you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Beyond Rockets to stay up to date on the new episodes and the events that are going on in Huntsville. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed.